You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as our guests walk us through the truth of God's Word and teach us the Bible. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Welcome back to Teach Me the Bible. We're joined again by David Klingler. We're super excited to have you here with us and just kind of walking us through the story of Scripture, different passages, what it means for us, and and honestly just kind of simplifying a little bit for us. So we've kind of been talking a little bit about the overview and walk through Genesis a bit. So today we're just going to continue down that path. So David, I'm not going to waste any time. I just want to get right into it. Let the people hear uh, you because that's what they're here for. They're not here for me. So <laughs> let, let's get going. Tell us what you got for well, yeah, hopefully we're here to, to, to learn the Bible. Yeah, yeah. You know, as I, uh, the Bible is really a simple collection of what we call books um, that tell one story. And, and I wish I would have been told that a long, long time ago. I think I maybe figured it out um, years into seminary study. And I, and I remember thinking, wait a second, we're making this a whole lot harder than it has to be. This is just <laughs> the telling of a simple story. Um, and, and when we approach it like that first and we understand the story, then we can understand how it relates to us. But, you know, I think that, uh, that for most people, the Old Testament is somewhat overwhelming. Um, it's foreign. It talks about a bunch of stuff that we don't understand. We don't, we don't know about. And so we just stay in the Jesus stories and the Paul epistles, you know, yeah. the, the epistles that Paul wrote to, uh, to Gentile believers. And, and that's that, what we are. So, you know, those are the easiest ones to make sense of. And so we just camp out there. And, uh, but, but most of, or at least a lot of what Paul says doesn't make any sense unless you understand it in this Old Testament context. And so we just say, well, you know, I don't know what he's saying there, but I know this. And you, you <laughs> pick your verse and, and there you go. Sounds good. Yeah. Go with it. So yeah. I think that um, before we can understand the Bible, I think we, we got to undo some stuff. And say, you know, let's let's understand what we're actually looking at and reading here, and how does it fit together? Uh, and so, so that's what we want to talk about today. You know, how do these? Uh, you know, let's let's just kind of an Old Testament overview, one on one, so to speak. How, what are these books sure. doing? How do they fit together? And what's what's the story? And how is it tracking the story? Right. And so, so last week we began to talk about the book of Genesis, and and you know, uh, in Genesis chapter one and chapter two, you've got creation. You know, and God says, let us make man in our image. And so he creates the heavens and the earth and the sea, and he fills the heavens and the earth and the sea, and he names all the things in the heavens and the earth and the sea, except for the things that he creates man uh, to rule over. And those things man is going to name, specifically the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the beasts of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in chapter one, chapter two, uh, he creates the man, and the man names the things that he has dominion over, but no helper was suitable for him. To do his job, his job was to be fruitful and multiply image bearers, right? And so he's given a wife, uh, and they together were to be fruitful and multiply image bearers. And so, you know, you're starting off, you're saying, okay, well, we, we're going down the trail here. This is a good story. And then all of a sudden, this serpent comes in, a talking snake, and you're going, yeah. wait a second, I don't know any talking animals. You know, not only is mm-hmm. this animal a talking animal, but it's got a theology. It's contradicting what the Lord has said. You know, so wait a second, what's going on here? And and pretty soon, Adam and Eve are, are, have eaten from the the tree of uh, the, the knowledge of good and evil, and they're doing what's good and right in their own eyes, and and they're rebelling against the Lord. And so the Lord kicks them out of the garden. This is the rest of the story. So the rest of the story is trying to fix 
uh, what has taken place in chapter 3 of Genesis. Right? Uh, in chapter uh, 3, verse 15, uh, you, you learn as the reader that there's going to be kind of two sides. There's going to be the serpent side who's against God, you know, this this snake that has an anti-God theology and and opposes exactly what the Lord told Adam and Eve to do. Um, and uh, this woman, Eve, who uh, is going to bring forth the promised one, at least that's the anticipation. And so so you've got the uh, the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And these two teams, these two sides are going to oppose each other until the very end of the story. You mm-hmm. know, Revelation chapter 12, you know, the, the serpent pursued the woman into the wilderness who was about to give birth and she gave birth to a son. And, you know, and, and so the, we're at the beginning of the story and at the end of the story, we're still tracking this, the same thing. And yeah. everything in the middle of that story connects that, right? So, mm-hmm. so you've got genealogies in chapters four and chapter five and, and stories sprinkled into these genealogies that illustrate the strife, the struggle between the two sides. There's the, the seed of the serpent side and that's Cain and his whole team. And, and it's the seed of the woman side, you know, these yeah. believers side and that's Abel and Cain kills Abel. And then Abel has a replacement Seth and the genealogy takes you all the way to Noah. And by the time you get to Noah, uh, everybody's evil. You know, the, the things that are happening over there on Team Cain's side, Team Satan's <laughs> side, you know, they're killing people and multiplying wives. Yeah, and, yeah. and now you get to the flood, you're going, hey, uh, everybody's killing people and multiplying lives. We're all lives. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are we going to do with this? Uh, well, the Lord says, I'm going to kill them all. Right? I'm going to wipe them out. Mm-hmm. Sorry I made man on the earth. Yeah, thanks, and guys. So, yeah. yeah, and so <laughs> the only people who get on the boat are Noah and his wife, their three sons and their three wives, Singular, one for each. Um, eight people in all get onto the boat, right? Okay. Uh, as opposed to the multiplying wives crowd who are killing people. And, you know, and, and so everybody's turned into Team Satan except for this group. And they get on the boat. You say, well, there we go. We eradicated Team Satan. Well, guess what? They show right back up, yeah. right? <laughs> You know, and so, uh, you know, and so in, in the, the chapters that follow, uh, you know, in ten, chapter 10, you get another genealogy. And, hmm. and, and so this, uh, and, and you learn that, that this promise of the Messiah, the, we don't know him as Messiah yet, but this one that's coming, mm-hmm. uh, that was coming through this line to Noah, now is coming through Shem, his oldest son. And that genealogy takes you to Abram and everybody mm-hmm. else now is doing back to the genealogy in chapter four. Uh, what Enoch was doing, building a city to make his, you know, naming after his son, make his name great. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's building a city to make their name great. And you're going, well, I guess that flood didn't work because everybody's back to evil. And so God chooses this one man, Abram. And now you've got the genealogy of Abram. And, and so what you're watching is this development. You're tracking this, this Messiah, this messianic line uh, through these genealogies. And so Abram has a first son, Ishmael, team Satan, Isaac. Well, he, he takes a while to figure it out, but <laughs> he's going to, uh, you know, he's the promised seed. Yeah. He's the promised yeah. line. Isaac has two sons, uh, Jacob and Esau. Esau, team Satan, Jacob, he's got to figure it out. And he's going to come along and he's going to, mm. you know, and Jacob's going to have 12 sons. Now, uh, now back in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord tells uh, Abram, that not only will the seed come through Abram, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed, but I'll make you a great nation, right? And so back yeah. in chapter 10, chapter 11, through the Tower of Babel, through the uh, the confusing of languages, uh, the story explains how nations were created. And then the Lord says, but I'm going to take one man, uh, one man, make him one nation 
through whom all the nations will be blessed. I will reveal myself to the nations through this nation that will come from this man. And so now not only you're tracking the genealogy of the promised Messiah, but you're also tracking the creation of a nation. And so as the story progresses throughout the book of Genesis, uh, you're watching uh, this Jacob who has two wives. You're going, okay, wait a second, two wives. Why does he have two wives? I've read this in the story before. <laughs> you know, uh, Lamech, the, the guy back there in chapter four on the bad team, you know, he was the first to have two wives. You know, this is not good. Right? <laughs> Started early. Uh, yeah. You know, because, because Genesis 2 24, one man, one woman, mm-hmm. uh, one flesh, this was the standard. And so Jacob's first wife is Leah. That's the wife, uh, uh that's the one man, one woman, uh, promise. Mm-hmm. And so you're tracking, the story is tracking, uh, Jacob and Leah's children, Reuben. Blows it, sleeps with his father's concubine. Uh, Simeon and Levi uh, tells about the, the, the story of the rape of their sister, the rape of Dinah. And they use circumcision, which was a promise of the, of the Messiah to come, uh, uh, to bless the nations as a means by which to exact judgment on the nations. And, and then the story comes down to Judah. Man, Judah's, Judah's a mess. You know, he's, he's down there at the bowling alley and, and he's, you know, chasing the prostitute and uh, but the promise has come to judah and judah's oldest son and judah's oldest son was married to a girl named tamar and you watch her faithfulness hmm. and she secures the promise through judah uh, and so uh, then the rest of the story this chapters uh, 38 through 50 uh, it is the story of jacob's 12 sons coming to faith in the promise right uh, in the promise that I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. In fact, if you go back to chapter 15, Abram is told, um, look, I, I'm, I'm going to multiply your seed uh, in a land not their own. They're going to be down there in Egypt and I'm going to multiply them. And then in 400 years, I'm going to show up and I'm going to deliver and I'm going to bring them out of here. Well, there's a, there's a long period of time where nothing is said. 400 years, basically. Um, until the book of Exodus begins, and and it summarizes right. this summarizes what the, you know the kind of the interim period this way. Israel was fruitful and multiplied. <laughs> Four hundred years later, okay, yeah. we got enough people now, right? Because what do you have to have to have a nation? Well, you have to have yeah, a land. Well, they've been promised yeah. the land. Abram was promised the land. Isaac was promised the land. Jacob was promised the land. And all of them are told, you know, t- tell their their sons, you take me back to the promised land where resurrection is going to happen because remember that's what the whole story is tracking that yeah. which was lost and and uh you know so they're going back to the to the promised land so you have to have land you've got to have a bunch of people and you got to have a government right book of exodus yeah. hey we got a bunch of people all right let's go to the promised land you know it's the veggie tales we're going yeah. to the promised <laughs> land right <laughs> so, it's brought up so many memories for people right yeah, there yeah exactly right <laughs> veggie tales are great that's most of my my theology of the Bible, understanding there the Bible is. through vegetables, yeah. you know. It's a, and as a story, you know, that's kind of the way we need to understand it. So so Moses is raised up. He's from the line of Levi. Uh, by this time, you know that Simeon and Levi are out. Remember, you've tracked Leah's sons, Reuben first, Simeon and Levi, now down to Judah. And so you're looking for someone from the line of Judah to show up to to be the promised one. And that line, that the story of the Judah stories disappear hmm. all the way until the book of Judges, really, with the exception of Caleb. Caleb was from the tribe of Judah, but that's it. And so, uh, you know, Caleb, one of the 12 spies who goes out, and that's later in the story. But, you know, so Moses leads them out, takes them straight to the, to the, to the mountain, 
uh, where they receive the government. So you have enough people, they've been delivered, you got government, time to go take the land, right? So the book of Leviticus, the book of Leviticus is giving of the, of the government. Book of Numbers, let's go to the land. Count them up. Everybody here, take a census. Yeah, we're all here. All right, let's go. They go to the edge of the land. They send out the 12 spies. They're told to go, don't worry about what you see. Just go wipe them out. The Lord's delivered them into your hand. And uh, 10 of the spies come back and say, we can't do it. Two spies say, let's go, let's go do it. So they rebel against the Lord. Uh, they follow the gods of the nations. And so the Lord wipes out that generation. He takes them out into the wilderness, wipes them out, raises up a new generation to enter the promised land. So this is what's going on in the book of Numbers, right? Very simple. Mm. Uh, now the new generation has been, uh, been raised up. It's, you know, it's another one of those fast forward the tape. You know, yeah, let's fast yeah. forward through 40 years, 400 years. Now we're going to fast forward through 40 years. It basically was like a chapter and a half. Oh, by the way, they all died. Uh, we ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're all done. Okay. Good. All dead. Yep. Good. All right. You skipped what a lot now? Of stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, the day to day, uh, you know, graveside services that, which they must have been immense with, with the number of people, uh, that's just skipped over, right? Uh, they all died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now it's time to take the land. By the way, Moses has failed. He's not gone. So Joshua. One of the two obedient uh, spies, you're going to take them in. So, uh, so Moses delivers a, a, a message, a sermon to Israel before they go take the land. Uh, Deutero, second Namas law, the second giving of the law. It's basically a repeating of Leviticus. Here's how you're to operate when you get into the land. Uh, and so the second generation goes and takes the land. Book of Joshua. Yeah. Don't yeah. veer from the covenant to the right or to the left. Well, they do, right? And so they failed to take the land as they were supposed to. They didn't eradicate all of the team Satan that were in the land. Amorites, Hittites, Canaanites, Jebusites, Termites. You know, <laughs> if it's an eye, you need <laughs> to kill it, yeah. right? Uh, man, woman, child, breathe. If it breathes and it belongs to them, well, you, clean. Yeah, you, you mm. kill it. Uh, because that's team Satan. And team mm. Satan will deceive you and will cause you to follow other gods. Uh, and the Lord your God is a jealous God. And when you follow other gods, gods in whom there is no salvation, I'll wipe you out of the, I'll wipe you out of the land. Right, and so the book of Judges begins with Judah failed. This tribe, you know, all twelve tribes failed to take the land as they were instructed, and so you know what's going to happen. Now, back in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, there are officers, government. There were officers that were assigned. These are the ones who are to ensure that Israel does what's good and right in the eyes of the Lord, and not what's good and right. Uh, in your own eyes, not following uh, what's good and right in the eyes of Satan or anything like that. These were to be the judges and the priests mm-hmm. and the kings and the prophets. Yeah, keep them in line. Keep them in line. And mm-hmm. and they were to ensure that Israel did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. The problem is the judges begin to increasingly do what's good and right in their own eyes. And uh, the, 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 the section in the judges, you know, we call this the Deuteronomic history. It's, mm-hmm. it's, the judges failed, then the priests failed, then the kings failed, then the prophets failed, and they're all kicked out of the land. That's where this story is going. All, uh, so, so you've got the nation being dismantled, kicked back out of the land, but there's still a promise of Messiah. All right? And so the book of Judges um, through chapter 16 is explaining that the judges, ending with Samson, does what's good and right in his own eyes. And then uh, you say, well, the judges aren't doing very well here. How are the priests doing? Well, they're doing worse, right? They're horrible, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. 17 through 21, uh, the book of Samuel begins with Eli the priest. And the guy's, you know, he's he's worthless. And his sons are sons of Belial. They're worthless, right? 
they're doing what's good and right in their own eyes. And so Samuel is raised up and Samuel hands it over to the kings and, and the kings are, you know, it's not long before the kings are doing what's good and right in their own eyes and the prophets show up and they fail. Mm. And so the Lord says, all right, um, I brought you into the land to be a kingdom of priests, to represent me to the nations, to bless the nations. You're not going to do it. I'm going to kick you out of the land. Yeah. Right. And so this is what we call the exile. Israel is going to be kicked out of the land. And so now the prophets, the writing prophets are showing up in increasing, um, uh, you know, number. And, uh, and Isaiah, probably, you know, the first writing prophet uh, shows up. And he says, all right, guys, if you don't repent, the Lord's going to throw you out of the land. Here come the Assyrians. And sure enough, here come the Assyrians. And they haul off uh, the northern kingdom, you know, after King Solomon um, uh, the uh, Israel rebels, and uh, and now the kingdom of Israel is split in, uh, split it's into split. the northern mm-hmm. kingdom and the southern kingdom, and mm-hmm. and ten tribes in the uh, the uh, uh, the north, uh, and only two there in the south, and and so uh, Israel has rebelled against the Lord, uh, and um, uh, and so they're hauled off into exile. Assyrians come. Um, and then the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. And the, the enemies are coming one after another after another. And, and by the end of the Old Testament, Israel is out of the land. The, the majority of Israel are kicked out of the land. Only a remnant returns after the exile. So we have what we call pre-exilic prophets. These are basically all the prophets except for five who are saying, um, if y'all don't repent and return to the Lord, he's going to throw you out of the land. Um, generally, that's what they're all saying, right? It's like, yeah. you know, kids, if, if you don't listen to mom and dad, you're going to get it. <laughs> Here's what that. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't listen. Uh, and so the two exilic prophets, Ezekiel and Daniel, uh, you know, they're basically the, the I told you so prophets, you know, told you that was going to happen. You should have listened. I remember this. Yeah. yeah. So, so now what do we do? Uh, repent. <laughs> return to the Lord. They don't return to the Lord. Right, and so you've got uh, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, the the three post-exilic prophets, who say, "Okay, now what do we do? A remnant has returned. Now what do we do? Well, our only hope is in Messiah." And then there's a time of fast forward again. Not much happens until you know the the book of Matthew begins, the genealogy of Jesus the Christ, yeah. uh, the promised Messiah shows up onto the scene. So so all of these Old Testament books are contributing to the story. There are places in the Old Testament where there, there are kind of pauses, you know, where we say, okay, uh, let's reflect on this a minute. What's life like here? Well, it's not good. You know, King Solomon says, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm over here waiting for Messiah to come, and I'm looking over the fence over there to Team Satan, and I see what they got going over there. I said, well, I'm going to go over there and see what they got. I'm going to go over there and see what the sons of <laughs> men are doing. Well, you know what they're doing? They're doing the same thing they've always been doing. They're they're trying to make a name for themselves. They're they're after you know trying to collect a bunch of cash. They they're, they're trying to be wise in their own eyes. They're writing a bunch of books. They're building big big buildings and all this stuff. He says, this is all worthless. It's all a waste of time. It's all vanity of vanities, all this vanity. And this is the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, look, there's nothing over there. There's there's nothing uh, for them other than to live and to waste their days with these, these worthless pursuits, and then they die. And this is what the Lord has given them to occupy their days so that they will not see what the Lord's up to, what he's been up to from the beginning to the end. So when it's all said and done, 
uh, know the Lord and keep his commands, for by this every yeah. man will be judged, right? Uh, and so there's Proverbs, there's Psalms, there's Ecclesiastes, there's the book of Job, which are kind of times to pause and reflect on. How's the story going? It's not going good. You know, this is a, this is a mess. Well, then what's the hope? Well, the only hope is in Christ. The only hope is in the one who's coming. Uh, and so let's wait for yeah. him. And this is what the Old Testament story is doing. It's waiting for the appearance of this, uh, this Christ. Uh, and then you get to the Gospels, and he walks onto the scene. Everything that was <laughs> hey guys, yeah. in the Old Testament <laughs> just walked onto the scene. See, how might we explain that? How might we describe that? Uh, it's almost as if the words written in the Old Testament became flesh. Hmm. <laughs> the words became flesh and tabernacled among us, uh, says John. I said, it sounds we, familiar. We saw yeah. him, and yeah. we touched him. And we heard his words. And, um, and, and so this is the Gospels, right? Uh, the Gospels uh, show up. Uh, Jesus shows up, comes to Israel and says, Repent, and I will restore you to the land, and I will have compassion upon you. And they say, You know what? We still hate your guts. We're still not doing it. We're still not going to repent. Yeah. And so one of the things that happens throughout the whole Old Testament, because remember, this whole story was not just for Israel. It was to be a blessing to the nations. And so mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, every mm-hmm. time Israel rejected the Lord, the gospel went to the Gentiles. Yeah. Every time Israel was hard-hearted, uh, just so happened a Gentile would walk into the scene. A, a Rahab-type figure would walk into the sure. scene and say, oh, we've heard about your God. <laughs> and we believe. <laughs> and you're going, Wait a second. Isn't this how you're supposed to re- be responding? Uh, the, the Ninevites, you know, these worthless people, half-hearted Jonah shows up and says, oh, by the way, the Lord's going to kill you all. God mm-hmm. of Israel is going to kill you all. Mm-hmm. And they repent from top to bottom. I mean, it's, it's consistent. And so here Israel's rejected the Lord in the New Testament. And so now the gospel's gone to the Gentiles. Uh, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And here Mm -hmm. we are. A bunch of Gentiles gathered around microphones in some building in some far off place, far removed, halfway around the world from Jerusalem where this all began, Mm. talking about the promised Messiah of Israel who has come and will return. And so the message is going out to the Gentiles until his return. But the Lord's faithful. He will keep his promises to, to Israel as he said. And so that's what's next in the story. He's going to keep his promises to Israel. At the end of the book, the book of Revelation, he keeps his promises. And so all Israel shall be saved. And so the Jews and the Gentiles, that which was promised to Abram all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And in you, through your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. We're pretty far into the story now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so this is the good part. And, and, and so, so the end's coming. The return of Christ is coming. And, and as we talked about last week and as we talked about uh, in previous weeks, every believer throughout all the ages was to endure. Hang in there. The king's coming. The king's coming. The king's coming. And so we are today. Yeah, and, I, and people might hear that and be like, oh, are you trying to say he's coming this day, that day? Like, no, no, no. It's <laughs> a simple way to think of it is we're closer today than we were yesterday. Yeah, we've never been closer to the end of the story than we are right now. Absolutely. And tomorrow we'll be closer. <laughs> uh, and so that's your hope. Your hope is in the return of Christ. Will it happen in our lifetime? Boy, wouldn't that be great. Yeah. Um, but if it doesn't, our hope is in heaven because Christ is in heaven. That's right. Our citizenship is in heaven because Christ is in heaven. Uh, but uh, we look to heaven uh, uh, from, from uh, which will come a Savior, Christ the Lord. Uh, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's That's no right. chaos going on in heaven. 
That's right. There's a train wreck going on on earth. Right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we feel like Habakkuk who says, uh, Lord, have you not been paying attention here? I don't know if you've noticed, but it's pretty evil down here. <laughs> and the Lord says, yeah, I'm working on it. Absolutely. Judgment's coming with the Babylonians. Well, mm-hmm. well, judgment's coming mm-hmm. in the person of Christ. It's coming. Sure. Um, our job is to tell people about the judgment that is to come and how to escape it. That's right. Don't, until he comes. Don't get hung up on all these things that are happening and whatever. And it could be this. It could be that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the job and the goal is the same, right? Yes. The yeah. timing is not ours. Yeah. It's his. Yeah. And so you're walking through these, these stories and how it connects. And, and so people are probably listening like, man, where are we going to do the good stuff? Well, this is the good stuff. But understanding this will help with the, those smaller, more intricate things, I think. Yeah. If we don't you understand know? how to situate each part of the story, right? The problem is we, we, we know too much but it's not in the right context. And so if, if we can back out and kind of say, okay, this is where the broad picture is going. I tell seminary students all the time, uh, stories begin at the beginning and they go to the end and the middle connects the beginning to the end. And when you're in the middle of the story, you can never forget that, right? You've never um, been sitting in a movie theater, walk in halfway through a movie and not assumed that that scene that was going on in the movie at that time had something to do with how the movie began and how yeah. the movie's going to end. Well, when you're in the Bible, everything in the Bible is in the context of how the how the story began and how it's going to end. This is yeah. the part of moving towards the end of the uh, of the of the of God's redemptive plan. Sure. I think about I think it was like maybe a couple of weeks ago we used a Star Wars reference. And so if if you know anything about Star Wars, if you jumped right into it when Darth Vader was like, "Luke, I'm your father." Well, okay, well, what does that matter? That's a big deal and a big scene, but how does it affect what had happened and what will happen? Right. <laughs> so that that in itself is great. But what? What? Yeah. <laughs> From beginning to end and yes. this whole story and yeah. the many movies, it's the same thing to me with scripture, just kind of on that theme. Yeah. You can't just pluck and choose and, and this scripture here, this scripture there, even a book. Yeah, even a book. Every book of the Bible is a part of the story. And so yeah. we're... You know, so recognizing where you are in the story is of utmost importance. Absolutely. Yeah. And so thank you for unpacking that some more with us. We're looking forward to more to come. I hope this has been not only challenging for people listening, um, but for you as well to get to unpack it some more and more with in a different way. So thank you for just sharing your knowledge with us, your wisdom. I'm excited for what's to come. If there are any questions, like we've said in the description and many other times, reach out. This is not just... A word vomit and go. Like this is something that we need to work through, process, and learn. Absolutely. Not just hear and say cool, but let's learn it and apply it. Yes, right? live it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's our goal. So David, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible Podcast. For more information, download our app. If you have any questions or desire to continue our discussion from today's topic, send an email to teach me the Bible at championfellowship.org. Remember, your belief drives your behavior. See you next time.